The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode of the Fantasy Football Duo, I am solo once more as Ryan celebrates his marriage from this past Monday. I run through everybody's least favorite fantasy skill position, the tight end, as I try to place them in their appropriate tiers. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Howdy, everybody. Happy Saturday to you, whatever day of the week you are listening to us. I want to thank you for clicking on this episode and spending any time uh, listening to our fantasy football talks. Today, uh, as I mentioned, is tight end day. Right? We've been through quarterbacks, been through running backs, wide receivers, and now it is time for tight ends, which is... Maybe I was a little harsh in the intro, being the you know everybody's least favorite skill position um, as far as fantasy goes. But it's definitely, definitely mine. It's always been a challenge to find a solid, um, a solid, consistent tight end play. I, I really do hate the tight end position. Uh, there's some leagues that I've actually been in that have merged it with a wide receiver or just done like a flex, like an extra flex spot. Which I've always, which I actually don't hate at all. But um, overall, outside of very select few of very select few of tight ends, it's it's a tricky position. It can really cost you. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's the biggest difference between a win or a loss. A couple of years ago, I had this interesting theory, and I think I might have talked with Ryan about it last year as we were getting ready for fantasy football season and, uh, you know, about maybe making a legit effort to draft one of the top tight ends in the first round, right? You can get solid, uh, you know, running back play, solid wide receiver play, and depending on what kind of league you are in, solid quarterback play kind of throughout. Um, maybe it's depending on where you're drafting at is the tricky part, right? But, man, if you can lock in a really top-end tight end, uh, you know, it's very, very beneficial. Average draft position, you know, for tight ends. A lot of people start going maybe the second round, uh, third round for for top end. I've seen guys like Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz go go as high as the first round um, in, in recent years. But uh, it is it is the hardest position to, to to nail down to be consistent. Like I said, you can find solid running backs and and you know those first five rounds. You can find solid wide receivers those first five rounds. But man, if you can lock in a top end tight end, it's you're setting yourself up. You might be setting yourself up for success. But it's a risk reward thing, right? Um, you know, if if there's a t- you know a top end receiving back, right, like a like an Austin Eckler, like I, let's say I'm drafting like tenth, 
10th in the first round out of 12 teams. And, you know, there's a, there's a top-end wide receiver. It's hard to be like, okay, I'm going to miss this opportunity to grab a tight end. I, I get it. It's 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 this tricky, tricky dilemma um, that I have every single year. I get in that position. I'm like, man, do I just want to lock in that tight end position now? I may regret it later. It's, I don't know. I know Ryan wasn't feeling that theory, wasn't really feeling that uh, uh, that's, that strategy, so to speak. And uh, he's won a lot more fantasy leagues than me, but I always uh, I always think about it. I, I definitely always think about it because I, I do. I find myself sixth, seventh round, eighth round being like, oh, who's going to be my tight end one? Who am I going to take as tight end one? And you look at the, the field and – I'm in a lot of leagues where maybe some players get overdraft, you know, drafted a little bit earlier than they should, and it just messes up the whole entire, uh, whole entire draft strategy. So tight ends are always tricky. We'll talk a little bit more about it with when uh, Ryan comes back. But um, but I wanted, I just want to quickly go through this one. It's there's not a whole lot to it. I don't have 70 names like I did wide receiver, running back, tight end is pretty simple. I believe I have 20. I think I counted 28 or 29 names here. I don't even have a full NFL roster team. But, you know, most leagues are 14 teams. Some people might take two tight ends, might just take a starter and, and go from there. But uh, we're this is going to be a quick one today. Uh, we're just going to do let's, – let's get into our five tiers of fantasy football tight ends. So tier five, maybe they're guys that I've had bad experience drafting, but uh, just just – Players that I just don't see fantasy relevance for that maybe were at some point or maybe they were some sort of attraction. I just uh, I have a hard time looking at some of these tier five guys and and be like, man, I I see consistent fantasy value. All right, as as we have been doing, tier five has been just kind of bad. Tier four sleepers, maybe something good. Three is average. Two is a little bit above average, and one is the absolute best of the best. But my tier five for this upcoming season, uh, I have five names here. Uh, two of them for, are from the Jaguars. Trust me, it's nothing personal being a Colts fan, but um, based on track record, it's not good. Uh, last year, Dan Arnold was uh, doing pretty good. He got a season-ending injury, and he falls into tier five category for me. He was doing, like I said, he was doing really good. Nothing great or amazing, but the Jaguars did go out and pay Evan Ingram, who I think is one of the biggest tight end busts of all time, as far as fantasy goes, year after year, this guy, uh, top 10, top 10 projected tight end. And I fell for it twice, and it was, he was hurt every single year. And it just never panned out. Evan Ingram has not, never really been like that great, you know, week to week tight end, you know put in a prominent position in New York where he was the number one guy. He was drafted pretty high and Evan Ingram just didn't pan out. So I don't like what Jacksonville has to offer this upcoming year. Uh, another one, Johnu Smith, who signed a mega deal to be with the Patriots. He spent a lot of time uh, last year hurt or just not being utilized. He was definitely the redheaded stepchild of the tight end signings last year. Um, and it reflects because, I mean, it, it's tough because Johnny Smith re- had a really tremendous year two years ago, which upped his value and saw a lot of people overdraft him last year as, as a tight end one. Um, I'm also looking at Mo Alley Cox uh, for the Colts. The, the Colts have a couple tight ends in play. I'm 
nervous about them. They haven't really used the tight end position very well over the last probably decade, um, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Jack Doyle had some stretches where he was good, um, you know, maybe worthy of being a starting tight end, but it just hasn't been that, it, you know, it hasn't really been all that great. And Mo Ali Cox, they've never really known how to utilize him. Maybe that changes with Matt Ryan. I don't see it, though. Moyle Cox has been through four or five quarterbacks now. I think he's been with the team since Andrew Luck's last year at least. And he's never really been the guy. He's never really been fantasy-worthy. Maybe two, three solid weeks uh, of fantasy production. And just after that, it just it's not great. Um, and my last one for Tier 5. My last one is... Adam Troutman of New Orleans, he's probably going to be a starter, but uh, he's just kind of – I knew a couple people who drafted him last year uh, or picked him up in waivers, and it's he's never really been – hasn't really hit. I know they've had quarterback issues the last couple of years, but I'm just – I'm not seeing it. When Like, I'm looking at fantasy pros right now, and – there's a literally an article about him getting two targets <laughs> and one catch for four yards. And it's not what I want, especially with an offensive genius like Sean Payton at the helm. I don't know what it's going to look like with, with, uh, was it Dennis Allen, the new head coach, the defensive coordinator, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not really excited for, uh, Adam Troutman. So that's my tier five tier four guys who could pan out and do something. Um, they are. These are my sleeper picks because some of them are uh, fresh in a new position, you know, a new team, uh, or roles have just become much more important due to player movement. Uh, my tier four, I'm looking at Cole Komet, who is uh, the Chicago Bears tight end. He survived. Uh, he survived. They're, there was one point two years ago where the Bears had like two t- or excuse me nine tight ends signed. Uh, they are expecting a big jump, you know, for Cole Komet. I just I don't know what Justin Fields is a quarterback yet, and obviously that all spans from that. That's why Komet's a f- tier four. Some people might have him as a tier three. I'm just I haven't seen enough yet. I haven't seen enough yet in PPR. Leagues, Cole Komet finished 20th last year. Played all 17 games, uh, 121.2 points in PPR step, you know, PPR scoring. I know different new head coach, different year, but I just, I'm really not sold on Justin Fields being able to get him the ball. I really not. Um, I also have Robert Tunyon here. Now, Robert Tunyon spent uh, a lot of time, he was injured I think last year he had a 2020. He had some standout games. Uh, he played in eight games last year, 50.4 points in PPR scoring, but uh, Tunyon may see a bigger role. People are placing his draft value a little bit higher because of the loss of Devonte Adams. Um, I don't know. The thing with Aaron Rodgers is he elevates guys so much that people will bite on the waiver wire. To grab them, and uh, Tunyon had a solid couple, solid couple games in 2020, 2021. Obviously, with the injury and such, but it was, it, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't special at all. Um, 
I'm just I'm concerned about health. But hey, again with the absence of Devontae Adams and their very ugly wide receiver room, it is certainly you know possible. That's why Tunyon's a four. I don't want people to overdraft him because they will. Um, you know, his ceiling could be a tier two by the end of it, but. Uh, tier four could be a, a tier, if you place him in tier four, which I did, I, I think it could be a steal. Um, Irv Smith Jr. is my next one. I believe he actually got hurt last year. He's for the Vikings. Yes, he did. He tore his meniscus. I think I drafted him and he tore his uh, meniscus. So, uh, you know, the weapons in, in Minnesota are thinning out, so to speak. Justin Jefferson is still there. There's, of course, the, uh, you know, Adam Thielen getting much older and not being as productive. Irv Smith Jr. is only 23, um, you know, on the young side, obviously. So things could pan out uh, if he, again, sleeper, sleeper. Kirk loves Justin Jefferson. I know he can't throw 4,000 yards just to, just, just to Justin Jefferson. But if Irv Smith Jr., uh, he's a second-round draft pick, and, you know, the hype is kind of there if you take a tight end that early. So we'll see. I'm gonna I'm placing Irv Smith Jr. at Tier 4. Uh, Gerald Everett is next for me. Uh, Gerald Everett is coming off of an injury, which, no, I'm sorry. I got him mistaken. Gerald Everett is with the Chargers. But uh, honestly, since the Rivers-Antonio Gates connection, eh, Chargers tight ends haven't been all that um, – all that solid. He finished tight end 16 last year. And especially in a high-powered passing offense with Justin Herbert and, and who he's getting the ball to with Eckler and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I, you would expect a little bit more from Gerald Everett. But it has not been you know, new second year in a new system. Maybe something happens, but I don't like I don't like Gerald Everett. The potential is there, of course, with Justin Herbert, anything's possible, but um, he's not somebody I'd want to go into a season with as my tight end one. Uh, Hayden Hurst is an interesting one. He's a lot. He's low on a lot of people's levels, but uh, he is going to Cincinnati, replacing C.J. Azuma. And yeah, he went there. He was with Atlanta last couple. I think it was Atlanta last couple years. But um, Izumo was a pretty solid tight end for the Bengals last year. Uh, but injuries happened. Hayden Hurst has been really, really quiet the last, you know, last several seasons. I think he had one decent year, one or two decent years with uh, with Baltimore before kind of Mark Andrews phased everybody out. But uh, I am interested in, in Hayden Hurst with Cincinnati. I, I think he might get some potential, some production. Um I don't know, definitely not a tight end one, but could be a solid backup if, if things aren't going right for the for your t- your eventual tight end one selection. Uh, the next one that I have for Tier 4 is C.J. Zuma, who I just mentioned, going to the Jets. Their tight end situation has been uh, never great. I think the last one that I really enjoyed, oh, God, what the heck was his name? Austin Safarian Jenkins. Uh, during that Josh McCowan year, I think it was 2017, he had a couple. He had like an all right stretch of games, and uh, he was probably the last really decent Jets tight end, which is really weird to say in hindsight. But uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Again, injury history. Uh, obviously, coming off of an injury, that's always tough. But um, he is going to the Jets. Zach Wilson needs targets. Maybe something happens. Uh, this is I do have Tyler Higby here. I just have everything listed in order. Um, but Tyler Higby is here. He's coming off of an injury. Um, you know, I've seen him as a decent target for Jared Goff several years ago. Matthew Stafford was using them relatively well. I always get nervous about players coming off of injuries. That's uh, that's that's a very real you know concern when it comes to fantasy. Because um, Higby was had some tight end one production over the last several years, so I'm there's concern there, uh, but a sleeper, but a sleeper, no doubt. And then my last tier four. Oh, that was my last tier four. Sorry, I'm a mess today. This is my third podcast recording. I got to work at four. It is 7.40. I have not stopped recording podcasts. I am drained, so please forgive me. Um, Tier three. Let's go on to our tier three targets um, for tight end. There's some decent names in here. I I think the the middle-of-the-road tight ends are – these tier three tight ends are – you can get by with some of them. You can get by with some of them. And some of these numbers may be shocking. Uh, I have TJ Hawkinson here at tier three. He's another one. He produces at a kind of average level, pretty average level compared to some of the great tight ends. Um, but he has some games which are real, real doozies. Uh, I'm hoping this year that he does get elevated uh, a little bit more. Hawkinson was drafted under the pedigree and probably idea that he'd be maybe not. He'd perform pretty damn close to a Travis Kelsey level. But um, I've had the opportunity to draft Hawkinson over the last couple of years. I've taken it twice, and uh, both those times were kind of letdowns. You know, maybe maybe half the games were were okay. A quarter of them were really good, and the rest were just kind of blah. And that's not not great, especially Hawkinson, who who does get that Evan Ingram kind of push every single year when it comes when the draft rankings come out when the draft books come out. So I'm I'm hesitant to 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 really reach for T.J. Hawkinson, even though I think the Detroit Lions offense is going to be fun. Zach Ertz is always an interesting case. He made the switch from Philadelphia to Arizona last year, and uh, he put up some decent numbers. Honestly, health is the biggest concern. Ertz has been around for a uh, a little while, and you know, definitely have some has some name recognition. That's something I don't want to see people reach for um, either. But Ertz was fun. He could be a little bit more dependent on this year. You know, especially those first six games without DeAndre Hopkins. So we shall see um, how that pans out. But Zach Ertz is a tier three for me. Uh, also tier three, Pat Fryermuth who is uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, had some fun moments this year. The cons- I probably would have put him at a Tier 2, honestly. Uh, but we just don't know what his quarterback situation is, is going to pan out. He's, it's probably going to be Mitch Trubisky. Uh, but, of course, Kenny Pickett's right there, and and Lord knows <laughs> Mason Rudolph and what's going to happen with that. Uh, but I really think that Mitch Trubisky is probably slated to be the guy. And... Uh, you know, in Mitch's history, you know, being a starter, I don't know if tight ends have really flourished. I get it. It was a different system, different team. Matt Nagy run offense, you know, in Chicago. But, um, well, you know, we'll see. That That's something that can be adapted. He does have a pretty favorable schedule. 
Uh, and Fryermuth was fun last year. Let's see where he finished at as far as tight ends go. He finished 13th, 16 games played. He finished 13th in PPR, scoring 151.7 uh, on the year, which is not terrible. Always can be better, but honestly, based on these tiers, I think it's appropriate that he's a Tier 3. Um, and especially looking back at how cerebral of a quarterback Big Ben was, uh, there's a lot of youth and inexperience in, in, on this team right now uh, at, in the QB room. Uh, Mike Kosicki is one. I don't know what happened to Mike Kosicki. <laughs> he did finish eighth. I got to give him a lot of credit. He did finish eighth uh, last year, 165 points over 17 games. There were some dud games. Uh, he's on a contract year. He just refused to sign a – uh, f- or, no, they didn't make a deal. He's on a franchise tag. They didn't make a deal, so he's set to be a free agent at the end of this year. Tua didn't – yeah. I mean, obviously, Tua used him – to finish eighth is pretty good, especially when there were – I think he might have had a game or two where he like had like zero or like less than four points. Uh, that's concerning. That's not somebody I want as a tier one guy. I want somebody – tier two and tier one, I want people who are going to produce every single week. Um, so Gesicki's a tier three for me right now. Just playing it safe. Noah Fant comes in at uh, at tier three as well. Now with Seattle, uh, Fant's never been overproductive. Injury history uh, could find himself some favorable matchups this year, um, but quarterback play is the big question. Honestly, he's probably a fringe tier four. Um, Noah Fant's. Good games haven't never really been great. I've tried Noah Fan a couple times, and I just uh, it, it's it's hard to depend on a guy that produces this doesn't produce the way that he doesn't produce. David and Joku is very interesting for me. A couple years ago, before the Austin Hooper signing, and Joku was awesome. Uh, he had tight end, you know, he was a probably a tier two finish. He's had some injury stuff, you know, recent years and kind of took a backseat to Austin Hooper. You know, they, they did sign Austin Hooper to that big contract, but Austin Hooper is now out and they signed David and Joku. Um, and I, I think there's, I think there's some value there, whether it's Jacoby Brissett or whether it is Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I do believe there is some value there for, for that. I think the, the Browns might be a little bit of a mess, but uh, Njoku, if he can get back to, to form and, and, you know, he got paid what he wanted, I think there's there's some value there for Njoku. And I'm going to try and pronounce this name as best as I can. Albert Okubonum. Uh He is the Denver Broncos. Excuse me. The, yeah, the Denver Broncos tight end. Uh, he finished 29th last year in 14 games. Qu- quarterback issues galore. Now has Russell Wilson. I feel like he can be somebody who eats, especially uh, we don't know the Jerry Judy situation and what's to come of that, but he could find it, get some more looks. I, I, Russ has never really had ah, – there was the you know Gerald Everett years to an extent. But um, trending upwards, I think maybe he, he's somebody to take a look at. Probably a fringe tier four as well. But that is my tier three, tier two, tier two. Now here's where things get fun. Um, I think many of you can kind of assume who comes in at tier two, uh, but there might be a surprise name or two. So uh, I'm going to put Darren Waller here, Waller Baller. Um, 
Darren Waller was a top three tight end last year. Tier one, undoubtedly so in the draft. Performance wise, the injuries are starting to the injuries are starting to get. I think he missed three games last year and he had a couple really bad performances. Really bad performances. I think there's still value there. Um you know, despite Hunter Renfro breaking out, despite Devontae Adams, uh, but I'm not, you know, it, Darren Waller's got to be a guy who falls to me. I'm not going to go and in, in, in reach for uh, for Darren Waller quite yet. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Cowboys tight end, who had a pretty solid year last year. People were putting him at Tier 1. Schultz finished tight end 3 last year. Um, he was 100 point. He was... Almost 100 points less in PPR than Mark Andrews, who was the number one tight end. But Schultz finished with 208.8, and there's less mouths to feed in Dallas right now without Amari Cooper. So Dalton Schultz, uh, I believe there might be some franchise tag deal issues too. I don't think there's any holdout expected, but uh, Schultz' value is up. Yeah, 208.8 points last year in 17 games. But uh, he is widely desired, I think, by many people and... uh, could be one that many people overdraft. You know, people might draft high. Or actually, honestly, looking at the rest of some of the names surrounding him, he might be one that falls too. He might be one that falls. So look for him if you're sitting around the you know the the, the fifth or sixth round and Dalton Schultz is still there. I'd probably grab him. Um, also in tier two, I'm going to put Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts had a great year last year. Don't get me wrong. Um, Concerns at quarterback this year. Could be a favorite target. The offense, I don't like the the Falcons offense really at all. Um, but Kyle Pitts is the de facto dude, no doubt about it. Um, but I got to see more perform- better performances. He took a little while to break out last year and obviously had a much better quarterback throwing him the ball than he will this year. So that's why I have Kyle Pitts at tier two. Dawson Knox, the only concern I have with him is a you know, he had some injuries, some time away. Uh Dawson Knox is really good. Uh, one of the better tight ends that the Bills have had in, in recent memory. Uh, Charles Clay put up a decent fantasy year, probably like 2016, 2017. And Knox is actually really good. Big, strong dude. Got He has a Gronk-like build, but his problem is, only problem has been staying healthy. Um, I can assure you that if you're in a league with a Bills fan, Dawson Knox is going to be <laughs> drafted really, really high. So, um Kind of where I feel, what I feel about Dalton Schultz. If he falls a little bit, sixth, seventh rounds, maybe grab him because um, Josh does like throwing to him. He's he's caught a couple some big touchdowns uh, over the last two years. Uh, Dallas Goddard is here as well as a tier five. You know, again, Philadelphia is another place with a lot of mouths to feed, but Goddard's been consistent. Uh, you know, I got guys like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith who can take so you know take some. Defenders off the top, and then you get Dallas Goddard kind of eating underneath. I think it's a good match, uh, especially with Jalen Hurts, who I expect to take a step up this year. And then Hunter Henry, who was Mac Jones' favorite target by far. Uh, a lot of touchdown receptions went toward Hunter Henry last season. I, I know it was in Indianapolis. I believe he caught two uh, – the Patriots-Colts game, I believe he caught two touchdown uh, receptions, at least one. But uh, Hunter Henry was definitely the favorite of the tight ends, and – you know, New England's wide receiver room is not very recognizable, great. As far as skill position goes, and even maybe uh, 
quarterback included, I think that Hunter Henry is probably the most valuable uh, Patriots player, personally, uh, when it comes to fantasy this upcoming year. Mac Jones should take a step up, but Hunter Henry is probably the biggest one, which took him a little while to get his groove, but here we are. And then Tier 1. Uh, tier 1, I think there's some some easy ones here. Mark Andrews is... is um, you know, just a fantasy monster. Uh, the last several seasons, it, crazy that how he came out of no, almost nowhere, to become the stud that he is. You know, Lamar is getting better as a passer. He also just lost Hollywood Brown this year, so I think that increases Mark Andrews' importance. Um, so Andrews up there. Travis Kelsey is going to get like a thousand catches this year. <laughs> Obviously, not not that many, but I think he's going to see an increased workload. Uh, no Tyreek Hill. That was the, really the strength of, of that because either Travis Kelsey hits you underneath or Tyreek Hill's going to speed burn you. Um, but Travis Kelsey is going to be looked at quite a bit. I also have George Kittle here at Tier 1. Um, some injury stuff that has worried me. Uh, a couple years ago was injured. Last year, I think he maybe missed two or three games. But uh, when Kittle's out there, he produces. You know, He's produced with Jimmy G. We're starting to hear some really good things about Trey Lance. Um, Kittle's good. Kittle, Kittle's one that, you know, I, based on my theory, I don't think I would draft, try and, like, overdraft him in, like, a first or second round. But um, if he's there in third or fourth, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little intrigued. I've had a couple bad years. I had a bad year or two with George Kittle. So um, that's where I stand. But... Uh, that is it, everybody. I just wanted to power through that one really quickly. I know it wasn't super long, which is nice. The last couple episodes have been long. And again, I'm exhausted. I need to actually relax <laughs> four hours since I got out of work and I haven't stopped working, so to speak. So thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you always. Next week, uh, probably looking at defenses. Probably going to tear off some uh, some defenses. So um, that is the plan. Hopefully Ryan will be back. I'll have to reach out and see what's going on. Until next time, the two-point conversation is good. Good.